Hello. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Human Restoration Project's fantastic patrons. All of our work, which includes free resources, materials, and this podcast, are available for free due to our Patreon supporters, three of whom are Dina Koretsky, Casey Nedry, and Shannon Schenkel. Thank you for your ongoing support. You can learn more about the Human Restoration Project on our website, humanrestorationproject.org, or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Welcome to episode 74 of our podcast at Human Restoration Project. My name is Chris McNutt, and I'm a high school digital media instructor from Ohio. Our podcast today features Dr. Astrid Portis, an assistant professor at the Developmental Psychology Program at Utrecht University, Netherlands, whose work focuses on performance, school, and its relationship to social-emotional learning. Dr. Portis has researched and published a variety of works concerning grades, student-teacher emotional well-being, student-teacher relationships, and peer relationships. Dr. Portis and I talk about her research and its application to the classroom, notably how on grading and its benefits of engagement, well-being, and participation are backed by substantial amounts of research, referencing a variety of studies. Attached in the show notes are the studies that Dr. Portis has been involved in, as well as recommendations that she makes during this episode. So my interests lie in what is the impact of grades that students receive? but also social dynamics in the school, in the classroom. Uh, how do they impact students' life and their well-being, the way they approach school, uh, how engaged they are during classes? So the, the social-emotional aspects and not so much the cognitive or learning, the actual learning, but all that's surrounding that. Yeah, and I came across your work because I was reading uh, some research that you had surrounding report cards and the effect that has on students and their well-being. Do you want to talk briefly about what you found? We studied a population in uh, that just transitioned into secondary school, and we know that this is a moment, uh, we see that in the Netherlands, but also in the U.S., that student engagement declines. And I wondered, why is that? And could one factor be that, that there's so much more emphasis on grades that students receive? It's, it's getting more important, grading is more strict. So this was the reason I started the um, investigation. And I looked in how students responded to their first report card in secondary school. And in the, at least in the Netherlands, this is uh, like important or significant event to students because card they receive, they take it home, parents look at it, uh, so they get responses. And what we found is that the height of the grades impacted how they emotionally responded to those grades. So when they received higher grades, they would uh, report more positive feelings, less negative feelings. And this in turn predicted how, the, how engaged they were in the class, so in, uh, during uh, classroom activities. And we saw that the higher the grades, the more positive the feelings and higher the school engagement. But you would hope as a teacher, then when you give a low grade, that uh, students may think, oh, I need to work harder. But I found the opposite. So I found that, that for students who receive lower grades on their first report card, they actually declined in, in their school engagement across the year. So I think this may be a sad a negative spiral emotion 
like that they get negative performance feedback, feel less engaged, less effort in their schoolwork, and this could then lead to lower, even lower performance. Uh, yeah, this could one be one of the mechanisms where you see that a certain subset of students get more and more disengaged from school or less engaged in classroom activities. And then in the end, maybe people will say, yeah, but he's not engaged at all. So it's, it makes sense that he, he, yeah. So that's what we found. It's interesting because as you stated, it seems like when you then assign a low grade, it's not fulfilling any of the purpose that hypothetically it's supposed to do, which makes me question, well, then why give a grade at all? Because if it's only going to hurt rather than help, because even then, like I would imagine those students who were receiving high grades are probably terrified whenever they receive a low grade. I mean, I was that way when I was in school. I was not an all-A student, but if I got like a D, I was floored. Like that was terrifying. So what is your opinion based off of that research when it comes to assigning a grade at all? So there's a lot of research showing that giving grades is, is detrimental for both motivation of students and performance. This is in experimental research, so classroom experiments where they compared students who received a, a group of students who received a grade versus no feedback or a grade versus written comments. And over and over, this research shows that written comments where there's actually uh, feedback where students can, can, do, uh, can work with or they can improve their, their work, it's much better for their motivation, for their performance and grades. And there's also an interesting study um, in, in real life, a Swedish study where they changed the school, school system. And this was, uh, so half of the schools decided to stop giving grades and the other half didn't. And they compared the students, so those two groups of students over uh, several years. And they found that those students who were in a non-graded primary school, so primary school where, where no grades were given, they would perform better in secondary school and had a higher chance of finishing secondary school. And this was especially pronounced for those students who were low ability. So again, those students you really want to keep in and you hope that they can improve. It, it helps them a lot if, there's no, if there are no grades given. And I think that builds into then the larger narrative of the research that you've done surrounding like social emotional well-being. I've been reading through like your your various different studies. There's everything like narcissism and popularity, and like there's there's all of these different things. If you were to talk to teachers about the research that you found surrounding social emotional well being, what suggestions would you have for them to improve upon their practice and, and do better? With regard to performance, I think um, if a teacher has the possibility to reduce the number of grades that they they give. I think that would be a good idea and also separating feedback from grades because we know from the literature that when you give a grade, uh, an assignment back with a grade and with comments that they, the students won't process those comments. They will just focus on the grade because it's, it impacts on their self and how they, on their ego and how they think about themselves. 
and they're so involved with that that they don't even have the the, the chance or the the, the resources to to really focus on on the content of the comments. But I think also like creating a, a secure uh, classroom where everybody uh, where there's not lots of uh, competitiveness, but that people are our students are really uh, focused on on improving their own ability and their own performance and not so much comparing themselves uh, to others that really helps to to be an inclusive classroom for everybody also the students that are struggling more academically so i think that's in in many of the the articles that i uh or the, the work that i've done over and over it's it's about being supportive also the the peers so the, the students within a classroom that they are supportive to each other and not so much uh, in competition that really helps uh, well-being students well-being in school i would imagine that when we spend so much time focusing on the individual and this competitive nature of school when our society is growing up and this next generation of people um, comes to power you're going to see that manifest itself as this this like ultra competitive, I don't care about other people, I, I just want to get ahead style of society where we, we kind of rationalize inequity or we rationalize that it's okay to beat others down or be better than others, not in a friendly competitive kind of way, but more of like a, a deadly kind of way, honestly. Also, I deserve it or, or the idea that you deserve it. I think that it's an important role for schools and for teachers, not only to focus on, on the content of what they want to teach, but also these kinds of yeah, socializing or uh, being a citizen or being a, uh, someone who contributes to the society and to the well-being of others. And I think a classroom is a really good environment to practice that in a safe space where you can make mistakes or where you can say something wrong yeah so so this is something that that teachers could could really contribute to especially um, in in lessons where students are also really trying to find their identity like who they are who they want to be where they want to go what what's something for them and what's not um, yeah so it would be really nice if, if teachers uh, have the opportunity to to design their classes in such a way that that students can also relate the content to to those questions. Right, right, and it, it's kind of odd in a sense because I also read a lot of research and see researchers from like cognitive science talk about and prop up the opposite, as in like we, we need grades to increase test scores. We need uh, these competitive classrooms to, because in a lab environment, students are showing increases, quote unquote, in their learning. I've seen like this movement of research surrounding like a more, I guess, conservative or traditional view of education. I'm curious in the research world, do you see like a two different wings of people in the education sphere? I think if it's really the, the research focused on the effect of grades, that it's quite consistent, that the findings are that grades versus written comments, that it's clear that the written comments improve learning 
more than great. But I, I can understand why it's really hard to, to change because grades do have information in it that's not in the written comments because they help select or order students. You see who's the best, who's, who's not. So it has a function in selection, for example, or also whether students get to a certain or, or fail or not. So of course it is important in school to, to see whether or to really focus on do my students reach the goals that, that we have for them. Uh, and and we, uh, we also get a bit addicted to grades because they can be really rewarding as long as they're good grades. And students that are used to grades and, and usually get good grades, they will have the problems motivating themselves is suddenly in the same environment, uh, the teacher says, from now on, I won't give any grades anymore. So it's really hard to change that if your environment where, where they're all over and where you get rewarded for good performance uh, for years, so then it's really hard to suddenly say, okay, I, I won't give grades anymore. And then I'm sure the students will protest because they also got used to that. Especially when, when, uh, when you receive a good grade, it's also a reward. So it feels good and you're happy and you work even harder. Definitely true. Speaking as someone that has essentially a gradeless classroom, my students don't get a grade until the very end of the year. And it's like negotiated upon. The students who struggle the most are the students that traditionally would get all A's. Um, it's not the students, you know, that are C, D. Those students tend to do really well, tend to end the year. I mean, barely anyone fails. A lot of it comes down to what I would call like deprogramming, like having a lot of discussions about basically what we're talking about right now, like being very transparent about what we're trying to do and what impact this has, and ultimately convincing parents, guardians, and students that it isn't just some, something random that, you know, I, I feel, want kids to feel good. There's legitimate studies that showcase why it's important. And also, even if you cared about the standardized test portion of it, as far as I know, not giving grades also helps with traditional academics. Like, students actually do better on tests. It isn't just they feel better, which is, in my opinion, the most important thing. But they also do well academically. Yeah, I think that grades are, are not only used to signal performance, but sometimes also as a way to try to, to change the behavior of students. Like they, they will ask, is it for a grade? Will I receive a grade? And then only then they take it seriously. Or um, I don't know about the U.S. context, but... Uh, in the Netherlands, sometimes teachers give a very low grade if someone cheated. or uh, So that's more like a, a punishment, I would say. Grades are also uh, something that a teacher can provide and it gives the teacher a certain authority. Or So, so it might also be hard to, to just let go of that. Because it gives you something in, to, to help you... Um, let the students behave the way that you want. I hope you're enjoying our podcast so far. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper into progressive education, I highly encourage you to visit us at humanrestorationproject.org. 
There you'll find a range of free materials, research, writings, and more to help transform schools towards human-centered practices. Plus, you'll find ways to support us through donations, a Patreon subscription, and merchandise. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. Something that you said made me think about this idea of it's all about systems. It's all about changing different systems, not necessarily about us walking into the room and saying, I'm not going to give grades anymore because it's not going to work. As you just said, like it, it doesn't work like that in practice because so many other systems are held up by the fact that we're giving grades. Like you brought up the fact that there's a, a power differential. If I stop giving grades, how am I going to quote unquote get students to learn? Because the only reason why they may or may not be doing my assignment is because it's for a grade. If the assignments are not rooted, you know, in a student's purpose or in, in something that matters to them or is meant to matter to them, they're not going to have any reason to go about doing it. In the, in the same exact way that, you know, if it's not interesting or if you're using it as a disciplinary tool, as you said, does that mean I'm going to have students like cheating left and right or doing weird stuff because I'm not giving them grades anymore? So there's a lot of other systems in terms of how we teach that have to change as well. Based off of your research with uh, social-emotional well-being, do you see linkages to practices beyond grades that improve how students act and feel and you know, relate to the world around them? So I recently conducted a, a review study with uh, two colleagues, uh, Monique Verhoeven and Monique Volman. Uh, on how schools can uh, contribute to the identity development of, of adolescents. And uh, what particularly struck me from this review is it's really important to make, to, to teach or uh, in a meaningful way. And with meaningful, I mean that students themselves can relate what they learn in your class to their own lives or to the life beyond the school. School. And I think if we would uh, emphasize that, then we don't need grades or because it will be induce their intrinsic motivation to, to want to know more because it, it will then be, be important for themselves. So, yeah, if we could develop as assignments, etc., where, where they can also put in their own ideas or choice or related to, to things they know from, from out of school, uh, then I think adolescents will be really motivated to, to work on those assignments. I think we could also give them more control over their learning process. What do they want to learn? What are their own goals? Um, and, and these things will, will, of course, they will mean a, a, a change in the school, but you could also do that in your own classroom. Try to to start with that. And uh, you don't need a whole system change to, to, to do that in your, your own classroom. I think what you're saying makes perfect rational sense, even when you don't look at it as a study. I mean, you could walk into any primary school, and for the most part, kids are asking questions, they're super involved. I think of myself when I was in elementary school, I was like ready to go and learn about space and dinosaurs and, you know, stuff that kids do. They would go to the library and they're excited. But by the time they get to a secondary school, especially like if they're getting near like graduation, that is basically 
gone, I would say, for the, at least the majority of students. And part of that is just because they, you know, there's a rebellious phase and things like that. But also, if you see students who are homeschooled or maybe grew up in more progressive environments, they seem like they're still actively exploring and figuring out what's going on because they're in the environment that allows them to do so. And it was never really uh, taken away from them. Uh, and all these things that you're bringing up are just, you know, they're different roadblocks that they've hit along the way where they've started to associate learning with boredom or with uh, like hate or judgment even. It feels bad to learn. Um, so as kind of a, a final point, how do you suggest teachers, assuming that their district or school is not actively doing this, not actively making these changes, how do you suggest that they in their classroom inch toward a more holistic or student-friendly environment? With regard to, to the assignments, you could wonder for each assignment, how could students relate uh, this to their own life? Or you could even ask them to reflect on that. Um, with regards to performance, um, reduce the number of grades uh, to the minimum. I would say, and also um, I think it's also an important how you communicate about those grades. It helps if it's something private for the students, not uh, called out uh, loud in, in the classroom. If students receive a low grade, talk to them about why they think that this grade was lower than expected. Also, really communicate high expectations of that particular student so that they keep uh, confidence that they can improve uh, next time. Focus also on the norms in the group. Like, is it cool to be disengaged? That's, this is what we see. What I also see in my research that in some peer groups in adolescence, it's, it's actually cool and you get more popular if you don't work for school. So it's, it might be hard for a teacher to, to change that, but especially when a group is just formed. So in the first weeks, you can probably uh, try to influence that. And, and you can communicate norms about how students respond to each other and whether they laugh or, or not when someone makes a mistake. Or you, you could, could certainly communicate norms. So that may help as well. Thank you again for listening to Human Restoration Project's podcast. I hope that this conversation leaves you inspired and ready to push the progressive envelope of education. You can learn more about progressive education, support our cause, and stay tuned to this podcast and other updates on our website at humanrestorationproject.org.